0: back to the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me here again today. Well, today I'm going to be continuing my first half of my Israel-Palestine episode. And literally like two or three days after I recorded my first Israel-Palestine episode, the war broke out over there. And so although I don't see this episode or that episode being very helpful in the near future, Hopefully everything will be resolved um, peacefully very soon, and these will be relevant. Um, Israel and Palestine are great places to visit; a ton of historical, um, you know, monuments and sites to see, awesome people, and so it would be a shame if people aren't able to visit there anytime soon. So hopefully everything. Um, gets resolved peacefully and quickly, but I do want to go ahead and make this episode just so I don't forget more than I've already forgotten. It's already November. We went in this went on this trip in like July, so um, I'm already a few months out from it. So I want to go ahead and get this one done. So the first thing, um, this episode is gonna be outside of Jerusalem, so the very first episode I did was talking about Jerusalem and then also Bethlehem because those are pretty close together. And although some of these things I'm gonna be talking about today you can do on like a day trip from Jerusalem, Um, We did them as its own little excursion, and so I'm going to do them separately here, but I will kind of, you know, throw in, you know, you could do this in a day if you wanted to and whatever. So first off, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but we did get a rental car, and getting the rental car was pretty simple. Um, I did go ahead and splurge for the extra like $20 a day insurance because just how crazy Jerusalem was. I knew that I would feel a lot better driving there if I had nothing to worry about and Tel Aviv was even worse. So even though nothing happened, I was glad that I had the extra insurance and I only had the car for 2 days, so it was an extra 40 bucks for that peace of mind, so I went ahead and did it. If you're going to be, you know, outside of the city for most of the time, probably don't need the extra insurance, but if you're going to be spending a considerable amount of time inside the cities, Um, I would probably go ahead and do it, especially if you're only going to be, you know, having the car for a few days, and it doesn't really add that much to your bill. One thing about rental cars in Israel is everywhere I looked had mileage limits, which is really annoying, and I understand why they do it, but at the same time, it stinks, and so I don't know why they do it. Um, The mileage limits were a good amount. I really can't remember the exact total of miles you got per day. Um, but it was basically the exact amount that I was going to be using. So I, when I was originally planning this trip, it was going to be, you know, in and out of Jerusalem. We would be um, picking up the rental car in Jerusalem, driving it, you know, up to Galilee and then back down, and then returning it to Jerusalem. But it saved mileage to drive back to Tel Aviv. Um, and so even though it only saved maybe like 50 miles or something like that, that was enough to give me a nice buffer in my mileage range. Whereas like, let's say the limit was like 300 miles for the two days. I was literally going to be at like 290 miles when I routed it through Google maps and that extra 10 miles, you know, maybe I make a wrong turn. Maybe I want to drive around the block a little bit to see if I can find a better parking spot, like whatever. You never know where that extra mileage might come from. And so having that extra like 50 miles um, was really nice. And it turns out, maybe it wouldn't have happened, but once we got to Tel Aviv, I drove around the block a lot of times. And so it was definitely nice to have that extra mileage. Um, so just pay attention to that. Make sure that you route your trip and you know how many miles that you are going to be using. And then you know just factor that into your cost. You're gonna have to pay extra for each mile that you go over also make sure there's not a lot of free parking spaces so in jerusalem whenever i booked our airbnb i made sure that there was parking nearby and there's actually a paid parking lot right across the street and it wasn't very expensive i think i paid maybe like five us dollars to park for an entire day because i'll get into this more in a second but i literally paid for like 24 hours for like five bucks which is not a bad deal it was in a um a big lot and they locked the gates from like 10 o'clock at night to like six in the morning. And as long as you don't need it, you know, in between those times you're good to go. So super easy. Um, but just make sure that you kind of plan for that ahead of time. So you're not scrambling at the last minute. So also originally I had planned on picking up the car in the afternoon and then us driving to the Dead Sea and then driving back. Um, and then spending the night in Jerusalem. The Dead Sea is about a 30 minute drive, 45 minute drive from Jerusalem where we were staying near the Damascus Gate. And because we were kinda short on time, I figured that that would be a good way to make use of the time that we had. Um, and so, you know, I was like, okay, we pick up the car at like three in the afternoon, drive there, spend some time at the Dead Sea, you know, spend an hour or whatever, and then come back. And then the next day, we'll have all day to go up to Galilee, all that stuff. Well, mainly the mileage cap is what got me because that was an extra, you know, 50, 60 miles that we just didn't have. And so because of that, I was like, we could just leave extra early in the morning and not have to, you know, spend several hours of driving there and driving back. And so that's what we ended up doing. But I had already booked the car so in hindsight, I would have picked up the car later in the afternoon, like right before they closed, and then that would have given us more time two days later to return the car. I wouldn't have to you know, be rushing to get the car back by three in the afternoon or whatever. So um, if you've rented a car, you know all this, but just be aware of the timing, uh, make sure there are gas stations nearby, parking spaces, all that kind of normal stuff um, applies here as well. So After all that, we woke up early our last morning in Jerusalem and we decided to go to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is a pretty big sea, pretty, I guess it would be like a big lake, um, but it's really large. um, And there's a lot of access points to it, um, but a lot of them, you know, you have to be staying at like a hotel or you have to pay to go. There's a few free beaches, but they're really down south. Um, And so we wanted to stay more up north because Jerusalem is pretty level with the northern edge of the Dead Sea. And so we drove over and there's this place called Kalia Beach and it's a commercialized beach and they have, um, you can actually stay there I think, Um, but then they also have, have showers, they have like a bar, they have restaurants. You can get like massages, you can buy souvenirs, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, But it was just really convenient and we didn't really want to have to drive really far down south to go to a free beach. And really I don't, I do not remember the exact cost but it was not that expensive. I think it was maybe like $15 or 10, 10 to $15 a person to get in and then we paid maybe like another $10 or so for parking. So all in all not a bad expense. I will say at this Kalia Beach I had read things where they're really pushy about selling their premium package. So when you go there there's like basically just an entrance fee you can pay and then there's like a premium package where you get like a towel and you get like a lawn chair and they'll like drive you down to the beach because you know it's like a couple hundred meters that you have to walk to get down there and So I had heard where they're like really push you and like force you basically to get that premium package. I did not have that experience. She asked me if I wanted that and I just said no and she said okay and I paid and that was it. So you know I don't know if that was like a one-time thing um, or what but just you do not have to buy the premium package if you do not want to Um, just say no and pay your entrance fee. So... they have showers and changing rooms there. So once you get in, you change and the Dead Sea was really cool. Um, I don't know what I was expecting, just like a body of water. Um, but it was really weird, (laughs) like going down and getting into the Dead Sea. It was crazy how buoyant you are. And obviously that's what the Dead Sea is known for. But you know, I can't really like, if I get in a pool, i do not really float that well in a pool like I sit there and then like my legs go down or something like that it doesn't work very well well in the Dead Sea like I could not force myself not to float it was ridiculous I would get in past the point where my feet no longer touched the bottom and I could not jump up and like force myself to go deeper so that my feet would touch the bottom it was crazy I was like a cork um, so a really weird cool experience um, the water was like a little oily, slimy, like because of how much salt and stuff is in the water. They are just like dried salt banks everywhere. It's just a really awesome place. There are signs everywhere, like not to lay on your stomach, um, not to wipe your eyes because it's going to like burn your eyeballs out. So it's a really interesting place. And the thing is, I would love to have stayed there for like hours. Like it was super nice. But it was just so hot, and the water was hot. and I was because you can't like dip your head in the water, you can't wipe your eyes. like I was sweating while I was in the water. And it was kind of, I'll be honest, it was kind of not that fun <laughs> just because of how hot and miserable I was. But at the same time, it was really cool, and I didn't want to leave. So we went first thing in the morning. Like, I think we got there at, like, eight, 30 in the morning. And we left, we probably stayed there for like an hour. And if we had stayed much longer, like we'd have been burning up. So I would highly, highly recommend getting there really early in the morning. It is one of the hottest places on earth because it's the lowest place on earth. So, um, that causes it to be extra warm and the water is not refreshing. It feels nice. But it is not like cool, like you're not going to cool off jumping in the water or anything. So keep that in mind. It's a cool experience, but you're probably not going to want to stay there for too, too long. Maybe if you go in the winter months, it's different, Um, but definitely in the summer. So great experience. You can like, they have these like jet sprayers down there next to the water. So you can like spray off all the salt and stuff. And then they have showers up top where you can, you know, shower and change and do all that kind of stuff. So after the Dead Sea, we got back into our car and we drove a little ways, a little ways north, um, to a Jordan River access point. And the Jordan River access point that we went to is one of the uh, supposed locations of Jesus's baptism. And even you know the people who are like this is the exact spot will admit that the Jordan River has actually moved over the past 1,000 or 2,000 years. And so the point that they actually believe the baptism happened is like a couple hundred meters into the Jordan side of the Jordan River. Um, But this is a close place, and they have stairs that go down to the water. They have like a little visitor center, and it's pretty cool. It was interesting because the Jordan River is like the border with Jordan and Israel. And so when we turned onto the road to take us to the site, there was like a guard shack and he like asked us how many people were in our car, asked us like our nationalities, and I didn't really th- I just thought it was interesting, but then once I got through it I realized like, oh, like we could literally just hop the border and go to Jordan right now. So that's why they're like, you know, keeping tabs of who's coming through here. Um, so that was interesting. And then it was cool when you're down at the water, I mean the Jordan Rivers may be 20 feet across at that point at most and like literally 20 feet away is Jordan which is pretty cool um I don't know what would happen if you got in that water and like swam over there I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be a good thing um but it was pretty interesting it's always cool to you know to see two countries so close together like that um while I'm kind of on that subject i don't know if this really goes with it well i will say the that access point was free which is really cool um you just drove through got out we were there for like 10 minutes probably literally got out of our car walked up there took our shoes off got in the water stood there for a minute or two the water was actually cool so it felt good and then got out and walked back to our car and left and that was it there's really nothing to do there you know except to just sit and enjoy the water or whatever you want to do so One thing, I should have mentioned this earlier with the rental car, and I'm sure your rental car agency will explain all of this, but there's a lot of rules about where you can and cannot go while driving in Israel. So Palestine is kind of like speckled throughout Israel. So there's like a few different regions of Israel that is Palestine. So there's Bethlehem, which is kind of south of Jerusalem and there's like the Jericho region, which is sort of like um, northeast of Jerusalem. And so you cannot drive your car into some of these areas. And they're called like A, B, and C zones, and I will probably get these mixed up, so don't take me on which is which, but let's say A is like Palestine completely controls the area and you are not allowed to go with your Israeli rental car into that area and it's I don't think it's that you personally are not allowed to drive an Israeli car into a a zone but it's that the Israeli insurance will not protect you or give you coverage if you drive into an a zone so like driving to Bethlehem you had to like go through a checkpoint so that's one thing but Jericho there's like no checkpoints it's literally like oh here's an exit that says Jericho I'm gonna turn left and you know drive down there like there's no one who's gonna stop you and be like oh you're in an Israeli vehicle you're not allowed through here but if something happened like you got in an accident whatever if the rental car agency finds out that you're in Palestine and in this a zone they will not give you coverage so keep that in mind our um, car rental agency told us about this beforehand I already knew it as well but they should remind you of this I think there might be some car companies that do give you coverage um, but just um, keep that in mind and make sure you know what you're doing and where you're going with that being said you can, so there's the A zone that's like completely tra- controlled by Palestine. There's B zones, which I believe is controlled by Palestine. And then there's like some Israeli presence. And then a C zone is Palestinian, but it's like completely controlled by Israel. So there's those three different zones. A zones, I believe, are the only ones you're not allowed to drive through. Um, and when you're driving from the Dead Sea north, you have to drive. Um, up highway or route 90 which is in Palestine and it's either it's this it's the zone that's controlled by Israel so I think that's the C zone um, and so you are allowed to drive through those zones that's okay and it's covered by um, the insurance so just keep that in mind very interesting um, situation and when we left Palestine through the C zone we actually did have to go through a checkpoint but it was just like a normal show your passport you know you're on your way sort of deal it wasn't anything um hectic at all so i did actually mentioning jericho that is one place that i wanted to go um and it you can see it when you're driving from jerusalem to the dead sea it's over to your left it's like a stone throw away you feel like you're just like right there um and it, it is not that difficult to get there so one you could either risk it for the biscuit, and just take your rental car down there and hope nothing bad happens. Um, Or, there's a gas station at the exit where you turn left to go down to Jericho, and everything I read said that you, you know, park at the gas station, and there's like a bunch of taxis there, and then you take a taxi into Jericho. And so, this is something that I wanted to do, but because of the time restraints, like, you'll see, we did a ton of stuff this day, I just did not have time to, you know, figure out this whole situation, get to Jericho, do what I wanted to do in Jericho, come back, and then continue on our way. Um, I just ran out of time. So I would definitely want to go to Jericho if I went back, Um, and I don't think it would be too difficult to do, Um, but I just didn't have time. So if you want to go to Jericho, that is definitely a day trip from Jerusalem, or you can just stop on your way to the Dead Sea. And i'll be honest you're gonna hear a lot of people saying don't go to jericho um i think a lot of a lot of people say don't go to jericho more than they say don't go to bethlehem and it's i don't know if it's because bethlehem is more um commercialized like maybe a lot more a lot more tourists are going to be going to jerusalem than jericho perhaps um And, you know, I haven't been to Jericho, so I have no firsthand experience, but I truly believe that going to Jericho would be no bigger deal than going to Bethlehem. Um, It might even be better because there's fewer tourists. There's fewer. um, I don't know. I just feel like it might even be better because it's just a more open place. Um but like I said I don't have any firsthand experience with that. I would love to hear if you've been to Jericho on um, what you thought. But I watched several videos when I was planning this trip of people going there and it seemed like an awesome place. And you know that I think that could just be another one of those bad press situations. So do not automatically mark Jericho off your list. There's a few cool things there. There's zacchaeus's tree, the Bible story where Zacchaeus drives uh climbs a sycamore tree. To see Jesus. That's in Jericho. And then there's a cool um, archaeological site. I, I do not know who lived there. It's like a palace and they have some amazing mosaics that are preserved there. And so that's one of the main things I wanted to see. Um, but definitely check that out. I think they, they had been restoring it for the past few years and they just opened it like a year or so ago. Um, so it's kind of a new, freshly redesigned um, archaeological site, and so definitely check out Jericho if you have the time and if you feel comfortable doing so, and navigating that whole uh, situation to get there. Okay, so with that being said, Jordan River, we are on that Highway ninety going north. Now, there's obviously a ton, a ton to do in Israel. You you could go to Israel a million times and probably not see everything that you want to see. So south of um, this Kalia beach of the dead sea. There's a whole bunch of archeological sites that you can go to. Um, there's, um, Ian, I believe it's called Ian Getty. Um, I think that's the place where they found the dead sea scrolls, but if it's not, that's also down there. There's also, uh, Hmm. I cannot remember, man, it's like right. Masada, There it is, Masada. And it was like a fortress during um like the first century AD, and it's up on this huge, you know, mountaintop, and it's just an awesome, awesome place. I did not go there either, did not have time, but there are just so much archaeological stuff down there near the Dead Sea. Um, you know, if you had two days, um well, I guess three days, because we took two days. So if you had one day to do like the south of the Dead Sea area, and then one day to do the north of the Dead Sea area, that would be awesome. Um, So just make sure you do a ton more research than what I'm telling you, because there's a ton more to do than what I'm telling you. Okay, so leaving the Jordan River, like I said, like 10 minutes. Um, You leave there, and you're going to continue driving north, and we went to Nazareth next. So Nazareth is where Jesus grew up, and where um i believe that's where mary um lived i guess that's where they both lived um uh, mary and joseph and one of the main sites there in nazareth really i wanted to go to nazareth just to say that i've been to nazareth if i'm being honest but there's one site there it's called mary's well and this is apparently where she was getting water and the angel came down and told her that she was going to have jesus um so it's literally like in the middle of town we were driving through and i was like oh there it is and we like literally just drove right by it and then i like made a u-turn and we went and parked and then like walked around it and this was around lunchtime so we went and found a nice falafel place and while we were sitting there some locals though there was a family from the u.s sitting there and they were family with some locals and they were saying how this is the best falafel shop in like all of Nazareth. And so we got lucky there, but it's like, you know, a block away from Mary's well, really good falafel. I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I didn't really like falafel before I went to Israel. But then while I was there, I was like, this stuff is awesome. So I think I'm a fan now. But anyways, um, one weird thing about Nazareth is (laughs) there's there's like a lot of striping on the sidewalks of where you can and can't park. And there's like different, different symbols for where you pay to park, where you can't park at all, where it's free to park. And so like, I was trying to Google this while I was driving and like trying to find a place to park. And so I finally, I found this, um, this parking lot, like right above this falafel shop. And so I pull in there and there's a parking spot. And so I pull in to this space, and there's like a guy on the phone, like standing there at the space. And so I point at the space, and I'm basically like, "Molly, can I park here?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And so he like waves me, and he like backs me in, like I back into the parking space, and he's like, you know, waving me back, like helping me park, and all this kind of stuff. And so then, like, we're getting all our stuff together, and so then I get out and. So this guy's on the phone and he's like not coming up to me to be like, okay, this is how much it costs or anything like that And so the parking lot's full. So I'm like this can't be that crazy you have a place to park And so I was like, well I guess we pay when we're done. That makes sense, right that's what I had done um, earlier that day in Jerusalem I had paid once we left the parking lot. So me and my wife we just walked and went on our way. So we go have our falafel we go to Mary as well spend like, Five minutes at Mary's Well max. Like, you literally just see it and you're like, oh, okay. And then we stopped at a local, there was a grocery store, so she wanted to go in and, you know, look at all the local cuisine there at the grocery store. And then we went back. We were probably, you know, parked for 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And so, then we come back and there's nobody in sight. Like, this guy is in there and the parking lot, there's cars there, but there's no people anywhere. And so I'm like, that's kind of weird, like, weird, like, I I thought this guy was the parking attendant, and so, I'm like, that's really weird, and so, I remember looking where you're supposed to, when you're in Nazareth, there's, like, an app or something, or you have to pay online to park, and so, it dawned on me, like, this guy didn't even work in this parking lot, like, he was just randomly here and helped me park, (laughs) and so, Yeah, that's how I got free parking in Nazareth, but um, apparently I just got away with it because I think you're supposed to pay online, and yeah, so make sure you do that or make sure that you know what you're doing when you're parking in Nazareth because I did not, and I got lucky apparently. So parking in Nazareth is kind of weird. Okay, next, we headed on to Cana, and Cana is like... Maybe 15 minutes from Nazareth is right next to it. And there's a church there called the Wedding Church. And this is supposed to be the church where Jesus performed his first miracle, where he turned the water into wine. And although I believe that this has been pretty much like 90% confirmed to not happen at this location. Like I don't even think people believe that that is the actual Cana that's in the Bible um i think there's like another town a little ways away that is supposed to be cana i don't know um but it was literally like 15 minutes away and on the way to our next stop so we pulled in and we walked around for like maybe 20-30 minutes and that was about it we did not spend too much time there in cana so after that we left and headed up north some more to the sea of galilee the sea of galilee is huge it's absolutely beautiful um and it's it's interesting because you kind of come in it's like in a bowl a little bit and so you drive in and you can see it and you know this is another one of those places where you've like read about your whole life heard about and things like that and so in my mind i thought this was going to be huge like if you've ever been to one of the great lakes like i was up at lake michigan a couple years ago and it's like the ocean like you are on the edge of the beach and you cannot see the other side like it just goes on forever so hearing all the stories in the bible and it's like oh that's what this is like i'm not going to be able to see the other side but you literally can just see right across the other side it's really interesting um and i guess it's north to south is pretty pretty vast and so i guess if you're on the northern end or the southern end seeing the opposite side would be pretty hard to do but the east to west sides are just like I could throw a stone over there almost like it is not that far so that was really interesting so around the Sea of Galilee is a bunch of stuff and so the first place we went to and keep in mind it's around like three o'clock something like that and from my best knowledge stuff is beginning to close around four five o'clock something like that so we are we are on the edge of running out of time so we are kind of having to hustle at this point so the first place that we went near the Sea of Galilee is up on the northern end, um, the Mount of Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount. And there's a church there called the Church of the Beatitudes. A really cool church. It's pretty modern. I think they built it within the last like 50 years, 30 years or something like that. but it's really cool, has a great view of the Sea of Galilee um, and it's just really nice and peaceful up there. It was really windy which was pretty, pretty wild, but the scenery was beautiful. There's grass everywhere. There's trees. It's shady. It's cool. Um, just an awesome place. You could just sit out there with a picnic and have a good old time. So you did have to pay to go to the Mount of Beatitudes. I think it was like, I don't know, four or $5 or something to pay to get in. And that was mainly just like when you drove in you had to pay it wasn't like an entrance fee to the church or anything it was like just the park and stuff like that um so that is definitely a place that you should stop if you're up that far north you should definitely go there it's an amazing place and then maybe like 10 minutes away is the church of the multiplication which is where Jesus fed the i uh, 5000 i believe is the the place where the church of the multiplication took place um, and so that one you also had to pay like three or four dollars to park, and it was not as amazing as the Mount of Beatitudes, but it was still really cool. <clears throat> and I mean, for like three or four bucks, you're like 10 minutes away, why not? Um, so yeah, that was around four o'clock, and basically everything was closing. When we were at the Church of the Multiplication, it was like stuff was shutting down, there was like nobody else there because you know. Tour time was over. And so that was it. That was our full day. So that was a bunch of stuff. We started in Jerusalem, went to the Dead Sea, Jordan River, Nazareth, Cana, and then Galilee all in one day. And we left Jerusalem probably around like 7, 7 30 in the morning. And then we were at the church of the multiplication around like 4, 4 30 in the afternoon. So a full day, but we got a lot done. And all these drives were pretty nice. I think. The drive from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea, like I said, was around 45 minutes. Dead Sea to the Jordan River was like 15 minutes. Jordan to Nazareth was probably our longest drive, and I think it was maybe like an hour and a half, something like that. And then Cana to the Mount of Beatitudes was maybe like an hour or so. So everything was pretty close together, and the drives were pretty nice too. I mean, for the Jerusalem to the Dead Sea that drive was like in the desert. Um, I kind of felt like I was in like a wadi there in Jordan, like the deserty scenes, there were, you know, sheep and stuff being herded around on the mountain sides, which was pretty cool to see. And then the farther you go up north, the kind of greenery gets, you're going through um, fig trees and palm trees and things like that. So really cool drives, um, and you're not gonna be bored, you know, on those drives. One thing that we did not do, and I don't know if I just forgot about it. I remember researching it, so I think I forgot about it at the time, and we were out of time anyways. But Capernaum is right next to the Mount of Beatitudes. is maybe like a 10-minute drive. And you can go to Peter's house there, and then there's like a synagogue um, over there in Capernaum, which is where they believe Jesus might have preached um, one of his first like sermons or something like they it's a synagogue that Jesus is believed to have been at um, so that's pretty near the Mount of Beatitudes as well in Capernaum so check that out if you have time um, and then on the west side of the Sea of Galilee is Tiberius and that's a pretty good sized town and so that's where we spent the night there's a lot of hotel options And there's a lot of good places to eat. There's some good views of the Sea of Galilee. So once we checked into our hotel, um, and make sure they have parking, by the way. But once we checked into our hotel, then we kind of just walked around on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. We got some dinner, just kind of chilled out, relaxed, went through some like bizarre sort of thing that they had going on, and just had a good time. Um, Oh, so one thing. We went to a Chinese restaurant and we, we get there and there's no menu in English. The only menu is, um, in Israeli anyways. So (laughs) we are looking in Hebrew, not Israeli in Hebrew. So we're looking at the menu and it's like all words too. And so she's basically like, there's pictures outside. And you can just, like, go outside and then point at the pictures and then, you know, tell me what you want. So that's what we do. We go out there and we show her what we want. And so it only has, like, the main dishes. So it's, like, you know, orange chicken or Kung Pao chicken or broccoli beef, like, whatever. And it's really good, by the way. Like, it's not like Panda Express or anything over here. Like, this is some good Chinese food. So I order, I don't even remember what I ordered, some sort of chicken dish. My wife ordered some dish. And then we wanted like rice and I wanted um, some noodles. And so I was like, she ordered some rice and I ordered some noodles. And so we're, you know, expecting like a cup of rice, a cup of noodles, like whatever. And it turns out like she brought, she ordered fried rice and I ordered pad thai noodles. And they literally, it each of those things was a full meal. So the fried rice was an entire meal. The chicken was an entire meal. The pad thai noodles was an entire meal. My chicken dish was an entire meal. So we ordered four meals worth of food when we thought we were ordering two. And um, it ended up costing like, I don't even know, it was our most expensive dinner I think we've probably ever had. (laughs) It was like, um, I don't even know, it was like 80 bucks or something like that. And when you're on one of the last days of a trip, you're not expecting to pay $80 for dinner. And so we were like, but luckily we were able to take our leftovers to our hotel. Our hotel had a fridge, we saved it. And then the next day we ate it for lunch. It was good until lunch. And so we saved money there. So it didn't turn out to be too big of a loss, but just keep in mind, You know, make sure you clarify what you're ordering because you would think like, oh, I'm ordering a side of fried rice, but no, you're ordering like a huge jumbo plate of rice that costs like $12. Anyways, that was a side story. Okay, so Tiberias was a pretty cool place. I probably wouldn't spend more than a day or so there. They had nice beach access, like I said. Um, They had a few archaeological sites, but there's a lot of other cool stuff to see in Israel up north in Israel there's also Caesarea Um, that's way up north next to Lebanon we did not go there but we did drive over to Caesarea Maritime which is on the coast of the um, Mediterranean so the next morning we got up pretty early not too early maybe eight o'clock something like that and we started driving west and so we went to Mount Carmel. And so Mount Carmel is a pretty cool place. And I always thought Mount Carmel was just that. It was a mountain. But it turns out it's like an entire like mountain range, like nature reserve. And so I typed in Mount Carmel into my GPS. And we get there. And there's supposed to be, there's a church. I think it's like a French Franc, Franciscan monastery or something like that. And it's supposed to mark the site where... Um, Elijah, um, set up the altars against the, the, um, Baal prophets and God burned up the entire thing. Um, and so that's where I wanted to go, but then it took me to like the center of the national park. And so we get there and I'm like, there's no statue around here. There's no Franciscan monastery. And so that was really frustrating. But it was still cool. It was really pretty. It's a beautiful place. Like you could go there and hike for days. Like it was an amazing place and I would love to have spent more time there, but we were on a time crunch and I wanted to see this other place that was a little frustrating. So make sure if you want to go see the Elijah, you know, memorial statue thing, you type that in and you find that specific location. And don't just type in Mount Carmel because Mount Carmel is multiple mountains. So that was, it was really pretty to go there. Um, and I could definitely see spending more time there It was really cool you had the view of the Mediterranean you know you had the mountains you had the cool air up there Uh, it was just a nice place to be after that we drove over to Cesare Maritime which um, was really cool it was a pretty cool archaeological site it was not the largest one um, but it was right there on the coast so it had a pretty a pretty view um and it just had some cool history. It had a um great harbor. It was one of the largest harbors in Rome in the Roman Empire, and I believe it was like the main shipping point from like Rome to that side of the world over there. So a pretty cool place, um, some great history there and you know, a cool a cool way to finish off this trip. Right next to Cesare Maritime it's called Aqueduct Beach and there's an aqueduct that I'm assuming went to Cesare Maritime from somewhere else and it's just there, still on the beach, halfway covered in sand, and it's really cool because you just drive there, it's free to go to and like that is what I imagine every archaeological site probably looked like. 200 years ago that's probably what the sphinx looked like it's what the great pyramids of giza looked like you know just halfway covered in sand everyone's like people are just sitting next to it with their picnic lunches um smoking shisha in the shade of the archways of the aqueduct like nobody cares that this is a 2000 year old you know archaeological relic they're just chilling there it's just a part of the beach Um, and so it's really cool to see because you don't see that very often like now everything's behind fences and like there's a plaque next to it but this was just there and it was really cool it's a really pretty sight Um, and the beach is nice too we didn't really have too much time to chill out there but we did sit there maybe like 30 minutes um, and just hang out at the beach so definitely check that out if you're in that area so After we left there, we headed down to Tel Aviv, and the first thing that we needed to do was drop off our car. And this is where it gets interesting. So, first off, we get to Tel Aviv pretty easily, and I think we probably had about an hour before I needed to drop the car off. And so I'm like, sweet, we can get some gas. And I think I hadn't had to fill up with gas. Like, I had used one tank of gas to get me all the way back to Tel Aviv. So I'm looking for a gas station and I'm like, I'm going to wait until I get pretty close to the car rental agency because, you know, I don't want to get it like, you know, outside of Tel Aviv and then, you know, use up a lot of it, which I probably shouldn't have. But anyways, we get in to the city and it is crowded, jam packed, worse than Jerusalem, crazy. We're driving around, can't find a gas station anywhere. I type a gas station into my GPS. We roll up to a place. It's just a random building, not a gas station. My wife types one in same deal. I type in another one, same thing. There's literally no gas stations anywhere near the car rental agency. So I'm getting pretty frustrated, not to mention the fact that some of these gas stations that it's taking us to is like into Tel Aviv, getting us farther away from the coast, which is where this car rental agency is. And once you get into Tel Aviv, it's just a ton of narrow one way streets, little alleyways you have to drive down. It's a nightmare. There's like cars parked on either side of the road and you're having to like, you know, thread a needle to get through these things. So it's really, you know, stressful to drive through and then you're like on E looking for a gas station and you can't find one anywhere. So I was literally, you know, we had probably spent 30 minutes or so driving around looking for a gas station and I was like on the verge of just saying, you know, whatever. I'm just gonna pay the fine for not having the gas and let them fill it up like I don't care. There's no gas stations around here. So my wife's like, well, I found one more, let's try it. So we drive and sure enough, it's a gas station, hallelujah. So we pull in there and I go to pump gas and I put in my credit card and everything and it says basically that it doesn't accept foreign credit cards. I'm like, are you serious? And I've seen this before. I think it was in Iceland where you had to like type in a certain number in order to use the gas pump. Like you had to type in like your car's license plate number or like a, some sort of number you had to type in before you could pay to get gas and get gas. So it's like, well, maybe that's the deal. And so I'm like, look in and it's, like literally just says, no, like you can't use this gas pump <laughs> with your credit card. So I'm like, well, that sucks. So I go over to the like the guy who's working at the gas station, and so I'm like, can I pay here? And he's like, yeah. So I give him my credit card, and he's like, oh, you can't pay with a card. And I'm like, I can't pay with a credit card? So I don't know if this is every gas station. He kind of made it seem like it, but internationals are not allowed to pay for gas with a credit card. And I guess I understand because, you know, maybe they won't get paid by, you know, the credit card company. I don't know. It's pretty weird. But you had to pay with cash. And so fortunately, I literally had just enough cash to cover it. I think I had, let's say, I don't even know how much I had. But let's say, pretend I had like 53 shekels in my pocket. And I was like... I've never driven this car before. I haven't had to get gas in it. So I was like, how much gas do you think I should get? And he was like, I don't know, like 60 shekels. And I was like, well, I don't have 60 shekels. So here's, you know, like 40. Let's start with that. So I give him 40 shekels or however much it was. And I go and it didn't fill it up. So I'm like, crap. So I go back and like I said, I had like 55 or 53 or something to begin with. So I could give him 50. And I go back and I don't, I still don't think it filled it up, but it was enough where I was like, okay, this will pass this full. <laughs> and so, um, I literally used like every shekel except for like one or two. And that's like one of my souvenirs I bring back too. is like, uh, a bill from each country. And so I was like, I can't use my last shekel. I need it, um, for my souvenir. So anyways, finally get that gas. It probably took us, 40 45 minutes to finally find and get gas in tel aviv crazy crazy dumb and so then we go back to the rental car place turn it in no worries like nice and easy um and then we go and check into our hotel and then we head back down to the beach and i really do not remember the beach i think it was i was just looking it up before i started recording this i think it's called jerusalem beach but it was the main beach there's a ton of shops um and there's like a ton of volleyball courts and restaurants and benches and it was just an awesome place the beach is really nice the water just like in cyprus like tapered out really nicely um yeah, it was a great beach. I really had a good time there. We probably spent over an hour on that beach. Like We just had a great time chilling in the water um, and enjoying our last day in the Mediterranean. Um, after that, we went and got some dinner, and then we went back to our hotel. Now, we were obviously flying out of Ben-Gurion Airport. And so there are several ways to get there. Like I mentioned, leaving the airport, you can obviously like get a taxi and all that expensive stuff, or you can take the train there. And so to get to the train station, um, we took scooters. So they have those um, like bird scooters that you download an app and like you scan it and you get on and ride it. And the last time we rode these were in Rome. And it was terrifying because there were like zones you weren't allowed to drive through. And we didn't know that. So our scooters were like dying while we were on like busy roads. Um, So my wife does not have fond memories of the scooters. But I was like, this is the only way because our hotel was probably like two or three miles away from the train station to take us to the airport. So I was like, we're going to have to do it. Well, Luckily, Tel Aviv is really user friendly when it comes to these because there's a ton of bike paths, um, and it was just really convenient. You didn't really have to get on the road. I think there was a couple times where you had to get on a road. Um, you obviously had to cross intersections and things like that. But basically, I would say over two and a half of the three miles was on bike paths or scooter paths. Um, so it was really easy um, and not stressful to use them. And so definitely. Um, check out the scooters as an option for transport while you are there and then got on the train um, super easy got on the train headed to the airport um, and we were off Uh, the immigration process leaving Israel was very intense I almost forgot that this will be the last thing I'll talk about Um, but the immigration process and security process to leave Israel was crazy Um, so we get there and we weren't allowed to get our boarding passes ahead of time which is weird because normally when you're flying to the U.S. like it's super easy you can get it from anywhere so that was frustrating because then I knew okay well now we're gonna have to get in this really long line and get our boarding passes so we get there and I know there's no like there shouldn't be any um, ID checks because we're going to the US and that's not usually a thing when I'm flying back to the US is to get an ID check. So, um, I get in line, there's a huge line to check in and get tickets and drop off luggage. And that always annoys me when I'm in this really long line with my little backpack. Well, it's not little, but with my backpack. And there's all these people who are, you know, they're checking luggage. It's like, I shouldn't have to be in the same line. But I get in that line And I see the little kiosk, and I tell my wife, I'm like, why don't you go check the kiosk, see if you can get your boarding pass from one of those, and I'll stay in line. So she went over, and sure enough, she was able to get her boarding pass, which was awesome. So after she got hers, I was like, just in case mine doesn't work, stay in line, and then I went and got mine, it worked, and then we met back up, and then we start walking to security. Well, we get to security, and the guy's like, "You don't have the little sticker on your passport." And I'm like, "Why? Like, where am I supposed to get the sticker?" And he's like, "Did you see that line over there? You're supposed to get in it." And for some reason, there was like no one telling you to get into this line, and so I was like, "Oh, I don't need to get in this line," but I did. So we had to like check back and get in this other line where it's the typical. Normally, they like do it at your gate or something. And they're just like asking you all these random questions and they'll be like, where'd you go? How do you know each other? They were like looking at my passport and then being like, what was your, you know, year of birth? What's your middle name? Like all this kind of stuff to make sure it's like actually your passport and all this kind of stuff. And so we got our stickers and we left that area. And then we had to go through security, and then security was extra long and tedious there as well, and then we were through. Um, and although talking about it right now, that doesn't seem like too much, but it took like an hour and a half at least, and we got our tickets before, and yeah. And so I think if I would have stayed in that line... I wouldn't have had to go through the second line. I think that was only if you had carry on because the people at the check-in counter didn't get to ask you the questions. Um, But so, either way, you know, it was a long process. So, make sure that you do give yourself like those three hours that you need um, for an international departure because you are going to need it um, at the Ben Gurion Airport on departure. Well, that was it. That was our time in Israel, and that was our entire trip. So, um, I was gone for like a month because I spent basically two weeks there in Iraq and, and Lebanon, and then my wife joined me for the second two weeks there in Greece and Israel. I had an awesome time, this was a great trip. Got to see some amazing things that I've always wanted to see, that I've always heard about, and always read about, and yeah, I highly recommend. Obviously, I don't recommend you go right now, but hopefully soon everything will be resolved and peaceful again um, or peaceful in Israel and Palestine, and this is an amazing place, and I hope that everyone who wants to go there um, can because there's some incredible things to see and do there. So remember, it is up to you to make your life interesting, so get up, get out, explore the world. Take that next adventure. Thank you so much for joining me here again today. Remember, if you would like to see any pictures, feel free to check out my Instagram at EducateYourTravel. Feel free to send me a message or make a comment on any of my posts uh, if you have any questions or anything like that. um, And I will try and answer them to the best of my ability. So thanks again, and I will talk to you later. See you.